Hey everyone, I'm Angela. And I'm Andy. And welcome to the Magistream, a podcast for Majestans by Majestans. Please note that the podcast, The Magistream, is not to be confused with the in-game Magistream, a wave of living magic that refreshes the Majestans' health and abilities at sunrise. This episode on The Magistream, we'll talk about our third fall game, hear a performance by Simon T. Garen, hear about leather work from one of our artisans, Mark Vadney, and hear Ryben talk about the incarnations and their place in the world. People don't understand it. Say I'm too old to believe in magic. Your only limit is what you can imagine. So come and listen, la 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 la. You're still dreaming of your last plot After game ends, do you feel lost? Are you worried we forgot you? Introducing the Magistream Come ask Ryben anything Be your bridge between the games People don't understand it Say I'm too old to believe in magic the only limit is what you can imagine. So come and listen, la 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 la. So come and listen, la 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 la. Okay, 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 Andy. I feel like we have to talk about this elephant in the room now. Okay. Because it's been like 13 episodes. And I think it's pretty clear that we pronounce the name of this very differently. That's, you know, that's entirely true. Uh, that that so, is entirely true. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I, you know, I gotta ask, why, why Magistream? <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to go and bl- blame uh, Simon T. Garen because because Artie pronounces it Magistream. And oh, it that's got yeah, that's gotten stuck in my head. So I'm gonna I'm gonna divert and all uh, blame for myself and uh, <laughs> deflect it onto him. Um, but yeah, I don't. It's I don't know. It, it can go either way. Like it's. Oh yeah, I sure. I, I I'm not saying that one is more correct than the other. It was you're just not? Uh, something. <laughs> Are you sure you're not trying to say that? <laughs> I was. I was simply expressing curiosity okay. <laughs> as to how someone could be so wrong. <laughs> Listen, no, I. You have a point. I just like I don't know. I I oscillate back and forth between the two, uh, sometimes, but. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean. I honestly. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with either pronunciation. I just thought it was funny that. You know, it seems like if you look, you listen to the back episodes, it's like, I say Magistream, then you say Magistream. <laughs> eh, tomato, yeah. tomato. Not that I know anyone who actually pronounces it tomato. Right? I don't know anyone who pronounces it tomato. That's, uh-huh. that's strange. Maybe there was a pronunciation war in uh, Tomato 1. <laughs> Maybe that saying made more sense back when the war was still in progress. <laughs> Yeah, so now there's just going to be a war between Magistream and Magistream. Mm. Hey, listeners, which do you prefer? Comment yes, in comment the, in below. below. <laughs> do you prefer Magistream or Magistream? Let us know. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's get right into our Chronicle Majestic on the third fall game. Yep. Uh, this, was a, this was a pretty busy game. It, it was. A lot happened. And really warm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for fall 
for fall games, even though it kind of looks like this next weekend is going to be a little chilly at night. But yeah. Just, right, just I'm, summer I'm... games and winter games this, uh, <laughs> this season. Oh, well. So let's talk about what happened in Reaping Dusk, year 127 of the Age of Fortune. Yes. So we started out we getting a message from uh, the future, 25 years into the future, a year uh, around 152 of the Age of Fortune in the form of uh, Styles Silvermest, who was now sent... I was just going to clarify that it wasn't the future so much as a future. Right, a, a possible, possible future. <laughs> right. A, 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 in fact, a divergent timeline. Exactly. Um, because there are different timelines. Time is like a like a tree or a network mm -hmm. of roads. Generally, you go one way on the road, but sometimes you can go the other way. And there's usually construction because, because this is <laughs> this is New England. There's usually construction on the roads, and sometimes different ones are are shut down or rerouted. And that's what um, uh, gate wardens are supposed to do: is like maintain the uh, the tree branches or or do road construction, depending on how you want to look at it, um, and uh, maintain the different timelines. Some of which are like the important, the main timelines, the essential timelines, and some of them are divergent timelines. Um, they're like the, the Edward Scissorhands of timelines, in that they are pruning bushes, <laughs> the, the, the tree, the timeline tree. <laughs> That's a really creepy image. But, I don't know, I, I prefer like the road construction, because like, you know. Anyway. Okay, um, sure. But the, uh, the gate warden, or the, gate, the gatekeeper, used to be a gate warden. And uh, he was, like, you know, fiddling around with timelines and um, stealing office supplies and such uh, and uh, redirecting and creating his own divergent timelines. Um, and he still has the ability to do that, even though he's no longer, like, he's been kicked out of being a gate warden because he was, like, really bad at his job and... and Obviously, and stealing office and, supplies. And, and corrupt, yeah, and stealing office supplies. <laughs> um, and uh, so the styles... Uh, Silvermist that we encountered last game that Nate played was from a divergent timeline in which the gatekeeper, uh, the gatekeeper like created to sort of like have his way and 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 to um, hunt down the uh, Dunhara, which are beings that can go through the the shadow mist to uh, areas that are beyond like the local section of our dimensions to places where uh, there are. Like other, like other out of game, like worlds and stuff, and can can cr can cross that line, um, and uh, the gatekeeper, along with well, in sort of working with uh, Zalbatul in this in this uh, in this future, um, this possible future, um, like hunted down all of those people to gain their power, um, which is bad, um, as yeah. you might expect. But anyway, that's uh, that's the future that. Uh, future styles came from is a, a possible divergent timeline and he was sent back by Nevaeh Phoenix who's a former um, PC played by uh, Amanda Mooney who um, is now a gate warden and is is trying to clean up the messes that the gatekeeper created. And <laughs> well yeah and us too. She, 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 she sort of covers our back when 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 we mess around with time but uh, which, which we appreciate. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah. So, so she sent Styles back from this divergent timeline uh, in order to help 
prevent that ti that timeline from actually happening. And this is a timeline in which, like, the creator, Sadius yeah. Majestus, was actually destroyed, which shouldn't shouldn't be allowed to happen. No, no, it should not. But that is what happened, um, and that's what we're trying to prevent. We tried to prevent from happening, with mixed results. Uh, we, I mean, we still have time, so to speak. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's what that's what was happening with that, and uh, we dealt with that a little bit on on Friday night, but mostly this other stuff on Friday. There was uh, the galley baggers, yeah, again, um, <laughs> which uh, got got driven off and almost like dragged some PCs uh, to their deaths. I did um, drag a PC to almost his death. Yeah. It was pretty great. I went in as one of the Huskin, and I uh, paralyzed Simon, and Simon was like, no, let this happen. This is what's supposed to happen. And he didn't realize that I was a Huskin and not a galley bagger. Oh. So I dragged him all the way to the other side of the camp, all by his lonesome, and dropped him in between two galley baggers. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, poor Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't I wasn't there for this, but I heard that um, Solon like deliberately got himself dragged away so he could figure out where <laughs> where uh, where Simon got dragged away to, and mm -hmm. uh, I guess lit some PCs there that saved him. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I figured Simon was trying to figure out like exactly where things were, so it wasn't a bad idea on his part. Just no one followed, so he was yeah. all by himself. <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the uh, on the other side of of town, the other side of the lake, even uh, Sandow, along with Dante, Aralia, uh, myself, a few others, uh, traveled to the um, the salt mines operated by the Cavella crime family, uh, where the Cavellas like forced the Mongrelians, um, who who work at the brothel and other Mongrelians, um, to perform basically like slave labor in their in their mines. They they're, they're bound by contracts to these mind wraiths, uh, which are these like powerful psychic beings that are related in a way to the Mirith, but the Mirith don't like to talk about them. Um, they're sort of like the black sheep of the family <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on with that, but the mind wraiths, uh, you know, bind the um, Mongrelians into these contracts and manipulate their memories and make them forget that they've paid off their debts and make them continue to, to work and uh, labor in the, uh, in the salt mines. Um, and uh, Sandow's doing that to try to get a hold of one of, uh, uh, like, a larval mind wraith so that they could uh, grow one in Dante that would be able to break the contracts. Oh, a foolproof plan. Absolutely foolproof. Absolutely foolproof. What could possibly go wrong? Um, and uh, so they, they succeeded. We, you know, crawled through the caves. We got one of the mind wraith grubs. And then we also found Sandow's uh, infant child that he thought was like dead or never born and uh in the in the salt mines in a pillar of salt uh with a, with a, like pun a not mine intended. yeah yeah i didn't intend that that pun but <laughs> I, I realized afterwards that it might make sense cause, but yeah um freed the uh freed is like his daughter his infant daughter's baby daughter who looks like a manticore that's like a, like a a like lion. A little baby cat with yeah with uh with scorpion with tail scorpion tail and wings and uh, freed it. It had a mind uh, wraith grub attached to it, which uh, Dante carefully pulled off and let it burrow into his uh, his mind. 
Um, <laughs> great plan. Again, foolproof. Yeah, foolproof, foolproof plan. <laughs> and yeah, so that's what happened on um, on uh, Gathering Day night, on Friday night. On uh, Waking Day, uh, we had some other stuff going on. We had a, a, a merchant, a guy claiming to be a, a, a merchant looking to set up a general store in Elmerton who was asking like lots of people questions and taking notes about what they what they would want in a general store uh and apparently uh like using that information to report to uh Lord Ian Falstoke who wants to you know take over Elmerton wants to marry the baroness and take over Elmerton cuz that's that's also a foolproof plan uh, <laughs> and uh like i have noticed when you, when this guy this merchant was writing the notes that like I didn't think anything of it at the time, but I happened to notice that he had, like, his handwriting was, like, very big block letters and not super legible. And it was very distinctive ink colors, like a light blue ink. And then when Ian Falstow came into town, he was, like, asking follow-up questions about, like, the people that this guy had made notes about. And he was also, like, complaining about this guy's bad handwriting. <laughs> and I glanced at the book and I'm like, huh, I recognize that handwriting. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything at the time because, you know, this guy's a noble. And I, surprisingly, right. the town was very respectful of a noble even one as much of a jerk as uh ian falstoke was i heard tyler but did an excellent he did, job he did, yeah he did role. an amazing job and it's it was amazing to see him as a character so different from griswold mm. um it was yeah it was he did, he did a really good job with that but yeah like he was like accusing like he, wanted, he was like interrogating people on all of these crimes or things that weren't even crimes yet, but like would be crimes. Like he was planning to outlaw portal travel, so he wanted to like have all this. You know, he wanted to talk to Finley and like imprison Finley for the future crime of portal travel, even though portal travel wasn't illegal yet. Um, and he was like somehow like he flagged like a bunch of people as potential troublemakers for being like resistant to change, and one mm -hmm. of them was like Solon, which Solon being resistant to change is just crazy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, some other stuff like that. Yeah. And we all like, had a little internal laugh about the idea that this guy would marry the Baroness. Mm -hmm. and that, that, that that was a foregone conclusion on his part and that he would somehow be the boss of that relationship. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, like, like, uh, 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 Aleph, as as magistrate was sort of like taking point on this and like, and she she said earlier when the the uh, guy pretending to be a uh, uh, merchant was in town that it was mm -hmm. suspicious that like someone would want to move their like family like their children here to Elmerton, <laughs> and then when we found out that he was the spy she's like let me just say I called it. <laughs> uh, anyone anyone who's uh, intending to move their their children here to Elmerton uh, is really suspicious, and we should not have just trusted him and talked to him and she was right um <laughs> well you know and then yeah when, when, when we had to, to tell the, the baroness of heroes yeah sure <laughs> i mean there's only so much we can do to protect people from area of effect explosions <laughs> true and those happen with fair regularity it's not a safe place for kids <laughs> unless they're orphans <laughs> in which case they got it's nothing true. to lose so it... <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> bleak Oof. I mean, that's just the truth. Uh, Let's talk about so... Big Bearkin. Oh, yeah. And, um, and his path. He, uh, so the Bearkin, oh gosh, Vibjorn. Vibjorn? Vibjorn. 
arrived from town and, and told the town that uh, there were a bunch of chaos creatures that were rolling a huge rock down the path near Green Shadow. And uh, the, the common understanding is that the chaos rock brought a chaotic range or area with it that allowed chaos creatures such as the jackalope to come on behind it, enter in its wake. And yeah, so we, yeah, like it, it took a while to get out there. They moved the rock like towards Green Shadow. Like they moved it onto the bridge before we defeated the chaos creatures. And then we couldn't move it, no matter what we tried to do. It was like causing some weird disruptions with the uh, Lenarian's connection to Green Shadow. Like normally she can talk to it, but talk to Green Shadow. But um, the rock was doing weird things uh, with its chaos, and like we couldn't move the rock. Green Shadow had like was trying to like figure out what was going on with the rock, but couldn't really do it because it wasn't connected to the Earth anymore because it was on the bridge. Um, mm-hmm. So then Rakesh had the idea to uh, like just chop a hole in the bridge so that it would fall down to the to the stream below, um, and then fix the bridge afterwards, uh, which we did. Took a while, but we did it. And so now that rock is like underneath the bridge at, uh, by Green Shadow. And uh, Lenarian's connection to Green Shadow was like restored, but it was like it was like briefly gone, and she freaked out. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it did come back. Uh, it's still doing weird things to Green Shadow, um, so it's probably not the best place for it. But we can't really move it. So anyway, we'll see what comes <laughs> of that. Uh, so yeah, we went out and dealt with that, and then came back to town to the the Baroness, uh, like having uh, come down from the manor house having heard about the questions that Lord uh, Falstock was asking, and then <laughs> when... I mean, realistically, Falstock went up to the manor house and was, oh, like, yeah, yeah. pestering the Baroness, True. and she's like, I have to go. Yeah, that's... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then wanted, yeah, wanted, <laughs> like, to hear our side, and then we... So, like, we told her what was going on. But, like, she was, like... <laughs> didn't... She was not happy. Uh, and uh, anyone who wanted to talk to her had to, like, fight her while talking to her. Uh, so, like, Ayla fought her for a while first and did, did, a, did a good job. I fought her for a little while and did a not very good job. <laughs> um, and basically was just stalling because, like, Rakesh wanted to talk to her about uh, some stuff. Uh, about, like, having an audience with the king and talking to the king about, uh, on, on her behalf, about um, the results of the Noble Conclave and, and clearing up a few, a few things. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a... a the most difficult, like, uh, um, muster that, conversation conversation and muster. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, that that I've had, uh, because I am, Ribon is not equipped to, uh, uh, spar with people, especially not someone as good at fighting (laughs) as the Baroness. Right. Or as angry. Yeah. Oof. But anyway. So then right before dinner, um, future styles or, or divergent timeline styles who had been getting like little flashes of memories because when he first came into town he uh his memory was hazy yep. uh, about what had happened in his timeline and so he couldn't he was not able to like just spout everything out but he kept getting flashes of memories about what had happened so he got one of these like right before dinner and it's it was a a, a memory telling him that about 20 years ago from the from the future that he came from that Zabatul had struck some sort of deal with the Mirith that had dwelt in the citadel in the Evernight Forest, yep. which is actually happening in town now. Yep. And those Mirith had agreed to help Zabatul increase his form so it could extend to more dimensions and more planes. And so he had this flash of, this is happening, or I have this memory, A something is happening in conjunction with it. Yep. 
that we, they could be changed. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it turns out there were some uh, Dakamore from Zabatul's personal guard that were in town that were, well, they, they were in town, but they were in the overnight forest. They were trying to get to the, what do you call that thing? Totem. Totem. In order to be able to see in the overnight, see and hear in the overnight forest, which they were not currently able to do. They're just sort of fumbling their way through the overnight forest, trying to get to it. So we went to try to stop them. Um, we did not stop them from actually getting to the totem, <laughs> but we did kill them right afterwards um, and prevent them from Before they were back. able to go report back. Yeah. So you guys were able to uh, keep Zabatul and the other Dakamore currently ignorant of the Evernight yep. and its dealings. And since they're not able to see into the Evernight, they haven't yet yeah, they haven't yet been able to contact <laughs> the uh, the Merith in the in the Citadel in the Evernight yet. <laughs> and uh, about the same time, you also had a bunch of constructs sent by none other than Mr. Boom Blackgate. Yes, BB Boom Blackgate, <laughs> who is as fond of initialing things as Revan is. <clears throat> uh, he was super upset after the death of uh, his uncle Bocephus, which happened because Bocephus sacrificed himself in order to destroy his sister-in-law, uh, Re- Rebecca Skye, last year. Yep. So Rebecca Sky was, and this and this yeah. happened like last fall, the last game of last fall, which mm-hmm. was right before we all left. Well, yeah, right before we all left for Marshall's Landing. So, like from Boom's perspective, his brother died, and then we all left, and then he didn't hear from us for a long time, like six, uh, pretty six, much, you know, yeah. almost a year. Yeah. I guess like eight months. Yeah, um, well, yeah, yeah. something like so that. So he went possibly a little crazy. Um, <laughs> and created exploding constructs, uh, which he sent to attack us once we arrived back in town, because uh, he blamed us for Bocephus's death. Even though Bocephus, like you know, swore a blood oath <laughs> about giving up his own <laughs> life, it's somehow it's our fault. Maybe he didn't share it with Boom. Maybe. Uh, or, or others, or or or, or things. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I, I I almost just let something out that I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> that kid, that was that was that was real close. Uh, anyway, hmm. so after dinner, yep, after an amazing dinner, yeah, one of the best oh, dinners yeah, was, we've oh. ever had at a LARP. Yeah, that was yeah, <laughs> one of the best dinners I've had like ever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was delicious. It was great. It was great. Maybe I was just maybe I was just really hungry, but it was one of the the best dishes <laughs> that I can ever remember. I mean, when have you ever been to a LARP and, and have yeah. like a carve roast service? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like at the yeah, at that, the, was, uh, that was that was good, yeah. and it was oh, so well seasoned and everything. I will disagree with you that uh, you said parsnips are better carrots. They are better carrots. <laughs> like, I asked you, like, better carrots or carrotier carrots? And you're like, better carrots. I'm like, I don't know that they're better. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the, it's weird. Like, I don't, I have a texture issues with them. The inside, like, the middle section, the little sort of, like, core thing was, like, mm-hmm. is, like, very, like, like, woody. And I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Yeah, I've I've had parsnips like once before actually, and I was like, oh my gosh, these are the best! Like they're like I than like the carrots. flavor better. <laughs> yeah, but like the texture is weird. <laughs> I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So after better carrots yes. and <laughs> and amazing dinner, uh, 
the town was attacked by Invergence creatures uh, alongside some other undead creatures. Yeah. Yeah, there were undead creatures that were like singing to each other and making weird sounds and causing lots of um, nausea and vertigo and other just like weird stuff like that. And uh, we had heard that uh, there were these undead creatures that were uh, like singing to each other and would like drain uh, like the liquids out of people's bodies. Were those those things? Possibly. It's unclear. Unless Angela gives away information that she's not supposed to. My mouth is <laughs> zipped. <laughs> Alrighty then. Um, yeah, so they were, yeah, they were with, with the Invergence creatures and uh, they were undead. And they, they almost got Finley. It, you almost got Finley. That was, that was very, very close. <laughs> but uh, it good. ended up melting into a pile of goo uh, after it was destroyed. And then uh, a little bit later, Styles, future Divergent Timeline Styles, got a, uh, um, another flash of memory that Alinora was about to get a message, which she got from Kinkori Nistra, the, uh, the dyers of Kinkori Nistra that are, have been... Um, hiding uh, from Zalbatul, and they had come up with a method that they were going to try to use the power of the Shadow Mist to hide themselves. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, sent these creatures through the void. They came out, out in Elmerton to try to uh, go through these rifts and get this uh, Shadow Mist energy and, and then go back to the, the Dyers uh, and give that Shadow Mist energy to the Dyers so that they could use the Shadow Mist to hide. However... Uh, Styles, uh, like, remember that that this is what caused the uh, the the Arius Umbra, like, basically, like, got this information and traded it to Zalbatul, and sent the Zalb- uh, Zalbatul sent his minions to hunt down the Dyers. And when he he caught them, the connection to the Shadow Mist that they had, that they were using to hide, gave him the ability to hunt down the the Dunhara, who could travel through the Shadow Mist, and. Uh, allowed Zabatul to, to, you know, catch and kill them, so that's bad. And uh, at least that was in the future that um, Styles remembered. Right. And uh, Eleanor has a connection to the Dyers, and uh, the idea was that through this process she'd be able to track down the Dyers and and uh, find them and help them. Uh, but you know, her being able to do that and the. Uh, and Zalbatul being able to track them down are not not mutually exclusive. So we tried to keep um, what's his name uh, Nimulus from the Arius Umbra away from these rifts and uh, keep him ignorant of what's going on. And we did succeed in that part and sort of delayed uh, the Arius Umbra finding out about how this was happening. Uh, but we haven't stopped it, uh, and now it's just a matter of us finding the. Um, Dyers and making sure they're safe before Zelbatul, oh, before anyone, any, before the Arius Umber or Zelbatul find out how to track them down and kill them. Um, so that's where we are with that right now. Um, and then in the in the morning on Fortune Day, uh, something unfortunately triggered another memory in Styles of a uh, a man, uh, Captain Demetrius North Shadow, who was a servant of the War King, uh, was going to be coming into town and in in. Styles' timeline, he got away. Yeah, and because he got away in that timeline, he was able to eventually become a mortisant of the gatekeeper and uh, was instrumental in convincing the gatekeeper to 
create a divergent timeline um, that could not be manipulated by other gate wardens. In the future, the styles came from like the gatekeeper and uh, Zalbatul were working together. Like, like Zalbatul's ex- you know expansion to other dimensions was hindering the the gatekeeper's plan. They were they fought each other for a little while and then and then worked together. That that led to Styles' divergent timeline was this you know the, the a divergent timeline being specifically created by the gatekeeper and uh, Demetrius Northshadow as as a mortisant of the gatekeeper uh, was a major force in that and that like we had one that sh- here like Styles remembered like us having one chance to defeat him and that was today uh, or that day Fortune Day uh, of the fifteenth day of Reaping Dusk in year 127 and he got away so we like went full out and like hunted him across the entire uh face of elmerton up and down hills and all over the place um (laughs) until finally he was defeated down at the amphitheater um that was a good fight that was a good fight and but at the same time we also had to fight the uh the galley bagger (laughs) <laughs> uh, because we got a message from the Fae Queen that, hey, the Galley Vagger's vulnerable now. Go through this portal, like, near the manor house and, like, put the, like, the necklaces that have, have absorbed fear onto the Galley Vagger. It'll make him, it'll, it'll enrage him and then he'll come out into the daylight where he's weak and then you can defeat him. But that was happening while we were fighting all these War King troops and uh, Demetrius. Nothing's Nora's easy. Shadow. Yep. <laughs> Although I do want to make one correction, just because I, you know, it's not the Fay Queen; it is a Fay Queen. Fine, fine, I think sure. the reason that the town calls her the Fay Queen is because it's the it's the Fay Queen that you have the most interaction with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I just wanted to make sure that people knew that there are many Fay Queens in many of different houses. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the the fight. I thought the fight was so much fun. The NPCs yeah. did such a good job of like staying together and like. You know, fighting, fighting like soldiers, and I think the fact that there was a dampening field up helped. Ooh, that dampening field <laughs> was tricky. It was, it was great. Um, but yeah, it was a good fight. Yep. And then at that point, uh, after you guys did manage to kill uh, Demetrius, Demetrius, yes, Demetrius North Shadow, uh, then Styles, you know, his his part in the Divergent timeline having been successfully done. He, he did fade away, and Future Styles went back to his timeline. In a timeline that maybe doesn't exist now, because... Yep. Yeah, did he go is. back to his timeline? I don't know. <laughs> does, it, does it still exist? Maybe. So, yeah. That was the third event. And the next event is the Festival of Festival Souls. Festival of Souls, yeah. I'm so excited. We have so much planned for this event, and it's going to be so fun. I really love it. It's great. But now we are going to take a quick sponsor break to let you know about an Elmertonian exclusive mm, another, dining yeah. establishment. This is a Drifter's Dining Tent. Are you feeling the rumblies in your tumblies? Is your glass empty and in need of refilling? Or are you just interested in a gourmet tent dining experience? then you need to visit Drifter's Dining Tent. Located in the township of Elmerton, Drifter's Dining Tent will fill you with wonderful food, with wonderful food and drink-based happiness. 
And now we will take a moment to listen to the dulcet, dulcet tones of one Simon T. Garen in our Command Perform segment. So Simon, take it away. The minstrel boy to the war has gone In the ranks of death you'll find him his father's sword he has girded on, and his wild harp slung behind him. Land of song, said the warrior bard, though all the world betrays thee, one sword at least thy right shall guard. One faithful heart will praise thee. The minstrel fell, but the foeman's chain could not bring his spirit under. Love never sung again, for he tore the cords asunder, and said, No chain shall sully thee, though soul of love and bravery, thy songs were made for the proud and sound in slavery. Welcome to our Profession Artisan segment, where we interview one of Magistry's players who is a real-life artisan. On today's segment, we're interviewing Mark Vadney. Mark has been at Magistry since the beginning of the game uh, and has PC'd two characters, Haku, who is now the incarnation of Vengeance, and Pollock's Caster. Currently, he tries to NPC when he can, but two kids and a leather crafting business can make that difficult indeed. His business is called Kitcraft, and you can find his work on Facebook at facebook.com slash kitcraft. So hey, Mark, welcome to the Magistream. Hey, thank you for having me. So you've played Magistry for 13 years now, all the way from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I've heard rumors that you even started the game at level three, from uh, all the help that you provided for the startup of the game. What do you say to that? Yeah, well, I helped out quite a bit. Paul asked, and I provided. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> so um, did you LARP before Magistry, or was Magistry your first? No, I had already been playing for quite a few years uh, before I got into Magistry, before Magistry was even a thing. How many what years some... would you say that you've been LARPing? Um, since 99. Oof. 1999. <laughs> so you're not, not, not over 100 years, not 1899. I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> what other LARPs have you done? I played over at, uh, Lion, uh, and before that I did Crow, and I GM'd over there for, solid like three and a half years. Um, played a handful of others. 
and a couple others. Nice. So you are a leather worker at these, at these days, right? Yeah. How long have you been doing that? Um, probably around, uh, I don't know, close to maybe 10 years. Oh, wow. How did you get into it? Well, I, uh, I do, I get into a lot of different arts. I (laughs) have done, you know, many things since, uh, since leaving high school and trying out different stuff. Um, and so I, I wanted to learn how to make some armor, and I used to hang out with a dear friend, uh, Jamie Lundell. You, you, you know. I do. And so uh, he does some uh, metal work, just some here and there. And, <laughs> and so, well, I'd love to get him on the show sometime. Yeah, you should. <laughs> um, so I realized I did not like working with metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. And so then I moved, uh, I guess, uh, to leather after that and realized I loved working with leather. And I just kind of, you know, one step at a time, bought a couple tools, and now I have, like, $2,000 worth of tools. Maybe. <laughs> nice. Um, so you, you started yeah. doing, uh, like, your own costume stuff first? Is that right? Yeah, I kind of started out with just, you know, tooling on and uh, making a mask that I had been planning on making for a long time. I didn't really know where it was going or, you know, what I was really going to do with it, but I, I just started working on this mask. When it was done, I, I hated it, but other people <laughs> seemed to really like it. And uh, such is I, the curse of being an artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I finished that, I didn't like it, so I made another one. I kind of liked it more. So then I just made, you know, more and more things. And uh, so I have a couple of dragon masks and uh, this uh, big belt that I like wearing. And you know, then I then I ended up getting some other custom orders and people asking me if, if I can make this or that. And took it as a challenge, you know, personal challenge to myself and uh, just went for it, you know, one piece at a time. So you do take custom orders then. Are you still taking them right now? Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I just finished up two uh, custom orders, both for some of your wonderful players. Yay! They got pretty great deals for being, you know, players at Magistrate. <laughs> Secret there. Well, that's so, always uh, nice. I finished a leather jaw for a dragon mask that, uh, for one of your players, and a wolf mask. Uh, for another one of your players, and we worked out a deal to kind of lower the price a little, so that uh, I, I did the leather working and she did all the painting. So it saved me some work and it saved her some cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw both of those. They both look really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Tanya's has been out in game already, and yeah. I think Jesse's is going to be out this game, if I'm not I mistaken. So. I think so. So. That's cool. Exciting. And for anyone who has... Um... Oh, geez, I missed one of your characters. I missed uh, Jin, right? Jin. Oh, no, Jin's uh, an NPC. Jin's I... an NPC, I guess. Now, I PC'd him for, like, three games, maybe. Right. And, and then there was also Zeal that snuck Zeal. in there. Well, 
That's who I was trying to remember. Yeah, uh, you can actually see uh, Mark's dragon mask for Zeal on his Facebook page. It's incredible. Um, yeah. So if somebody wants to take a custom order from, from or give you a custom order, rather, um, how would they get in contact with you? What does that process look like? Uh, well, an easy way is Facebook. Uh, you know, I have my page, um, Kitcraft. You can message me there. Send me an email, or uh, my wife also has her uh, store that she has set up um, at the Scavengers Nest, and that's at where is it at? I think you can find that both on Facebook and Etsy. Yes, that's it, and it's an Etsy account. So uh, there's some places you can find me. Okay, we'll actually put the uh, the Facebook address like in our. You know, landing page when we when we put this on majestic messenger. Internet, yes. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, okay, so what are your favorite things to make? Um, new things. I love making new things. <laughs> <laughs> like new, Same as in for... something you haven't done, or new, yeah. as in like something that's super creative that somebody has thought of. Well. Kind of both. Like if it's if it's something like a belt, something I've made before, I kind of just get through it as quickly as possible. But with the new stuff, if it's something either brand new idea that somebody's brought to me that they want to make a reality, or something I'm just inspired to just work on, I end up taking uh, a lot more time on it, put a lot more effort into it, and just really get into the work, you know, kind of just lose myself in it. That's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, what was your favorite piece ever that you've made? Um, probably my belt is what I wear the most. I, I find myself putting that thing on for, like, any character I play. <laughs> any, any excuse to wear it? Yeah, yeah. It's like... Uh, probably eight inches thick, uh, so it's like a big, heavyweight belt uh, with a nice dragon Celtic knot on the back end of it, and a big uh, uh, Celtic ring for its uh, buckle. I just, I, I really enjoyed working on it. I never got upset while making it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so, great. So what's your... Uh, commission process like if someone wanted you to make something how do they go about it what should they expect Which well after after they've made it known to me that uh, they they really want something and uh we're in the moving forward process the the next thing is just like really just talking to them uh either face to face is best or you know over the phone is you know second and so on down the line until we're just messaging over Facebook but I like to talk to them about you know what they want if it's if it's a belt I want to know every detail you know that they can possibly give me if it's a mask then I really want to know how they see themselves I want to like color samples to uh, what inspired them to get the idea so that I could kind of follow in their footsteps and, and you know, 
figure out what they want. So I, once I have that done, then I come down here and I start drawing on a lot of paper. A lot, a lot of paper I go through until I'm happy with you know, starting to move that transfer, what's on paper, into a pattern. Once the pattern's done, then that goes on to the leather. And then it's, once it's in leather, it's it's done, you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just really myself, and it's just, I work, 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 work. And uh, then, it, then it's just, that's the fun part. <laughs> so you've uh, had your work at the Mass Friend Fair and the Market of the Moons. Does uh, KitCraft appear at any other fairs or anything like that? Nope. You are the exclusive uh, rights so far. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Wow. <laughs> I'm what putting that in the, uh, in the brochure next year. <laughs> and Exclusively. No every, every time I've shown uh, at the, um, whether it be Mark of the Moons or now our mass ren fair, I've gotten really good sales. I've always had a really good time. And I've always gotten to meet some interesting people that that really want to push push me to make something new, and so I've always really enjoyed that. So thank you for. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. The only place that you can get Kitcraft in person is at oh, the yeah. Mass Rent Fair. Haha. <laughs> so, uh, what advice would you give to other players who are looking to either make leather on their own or or start a uh, leather crafting like business or, or as a hobby I recommend it first of all <laughs> <laughs> okay you're not worried about the competition no nope, not at all no <laughs> worry about competition. in fact I, I've helped several people uh, that have wanted to get into leather work and get into it and instead of saying well I could just make that for you you know it's never that I, I want them to create them for themselves um, so I would say if you want to get into leather working, uh, buy buy a couple tools, buy some leather. Not you don't have to go crazy, and uh, you could just sit, work, and see how it moves. See what what you come up with. If you go down to Tandy Leather in Connecticut, the uh, the store is fantastic. It has some great staff that run that place, and they can give you any answer that you're looking for. So that's that's where I started. I used to go down there and hang out for uh, hours and hours and hours on Saturday mornings. From like I'd get I'd walk in the store about ten o'clock, eleven o'clock in the morning, and I would leave when they close around 6 or 7. Whoa. And I'd be all day working. <laughs> and that's how I first start, really first started. And uh, any questions I'd ask, they'd tell me. I'd ignore them and do it my way. <laughs> and then do it their way. You know? <laughs> but maybe maybe uh, if somebody else were to do it, they would spend less money and do it right the first time. Well, it's always good to experiment. So, so yeah, yeah, and it, it was an experiment for me uh, from yeah from the get go. 
So, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend going straight into that store and just start asking some questions about prices. And, and what was the store again, and where is it? Tandy Leather. It's, uh... It looks like, um, uh, they're in Berlin right now. They did, they moved to Berlin, uh, and they're in a nice plaza near a movie theater. Nice. Well, I think that's all the questions we have for you, but uh, thank you so much for coming on the Magic Stream. Hey, thank you for having me. Again, it was uh, it was fun. I enjoyed being here, and uh, I always love talking to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Mark. And hopefully we'll see you back at game sometime soon. Hey, yes. sometime soon is what I'm planning. Yay! <laughs> we'll take it. All right. All right, talk to you later, Mark. Great, Mark. Night. We'll start soon. Bye-bye. And that was our interview with Mark Fadney. You can find pictures of his work or get in contact with him by visiting his site at facebook.com slash kitcraft. That's K-I-T-C-R-A-F-T. Thanks again, Mark. Welcome to Ask Ribbon Anything. Disclaimer. The opinions expressed here are for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing legal advice. The opinions of Vibe and Van Holt are completely in game, may not reflect the opinions of Andy Doucette or Magistry staff, and may be factually untrue. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome, especially when time travel is involved. Oh, hello. I was just drinking this blueberry mead and getting to the bottom of my stack of letters. Here's one from Arvili. Arvili asks, Who are the current incarnations and what significance do they have? Ah, a good question. The incarnations, of which there are 17 or 18, depending on how you want to count the liminal incarnation of repose, are instrumental in shaping Majesta as we know it. They are representations of various phenomena that are given agreement by the people of Majesta in order to strengthen that connection. They were created by the creator of Majesta, Sadius Majestus, and while the actual people in the incarnation seats have changed the nature of being an incarnation changes one such that over time they become that incarnation and, and lose a good portion of their their former selves a number of uh current incarnations are former majestans and even more former Maje former elmertonian i'm sorry former elmertonians i should say uh, even more former Elmertonians served briefly as incarnations before being replaced by more suitable candidates shortly after the devastation incident. In any case, there are 18 incarnations, technically 17, but the incarnation of repose is both dream and death, fills uh, two incarnation seats, are generally divided by the Allegiant into three groups, the head, the heart, and the hand. The head represents... Uh, consciousness, reason, and the mind. Uh, the head gives order to action and tempers emotion. The incarnations of the head are dream, memory, knowledge, magic, evil, and law. The incarnations of the heart, which represent living emotion and passion, uh, are chaos, death, faith, fear, life, and music. The incarnations of the hand, representing work, well not necessarily physical work, and consequence for action, are peace, war, community, labor, 
nature, and fortune. I have a list that lists the actual names of the, the you know, given names of, of these incarnations for Carrion, for, for Death, for instance, Gwendolar, for, for nature. Um, however, uh, the Elysian tends to view this as sort of uncouth to uh, refer to incarnations by their names. However, in the sake of knowledge, I'd be willing to disclose this information to anybody who, who seeks me privately. Uh, I also don't know all of the names, but I would be willing to share what I do know with anyone who's interested. Incarnations are significant because they help channel these impulses that we all have. And giving agreement to the incarnation strengthens Majesta as a whole. There are other individuals or entities that seek to subvert the incarnations. Valari Sleeping Lord Valarius did so when he set up the false gods during the uh, second time cycle. Other beings, such as the Neverborn, which exists bef existed before the incarnations, also seek agreement and channel it in different ways. The gatekeepers attempt to usurp uh, the incarnations and channel agreement to himself is also disturbing, which is why I would recommend giving your agreement only to the proper incarnations. I wish I had more letters to read, but unfortunately they have not been written by you yet. Uh, I would really appreciate some more reading material as this winter will be very long and boring without them. Thank you, and good night. Well, that completes this episode of The Magistream. Or Magistream, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Yes, it's uh, your choice. <laughs> thank you to Sam Champagne for submitting that question for Riven to answer. Uh, thanks to Mark Vadney for participating in our profession artisan segment. You can find pictures of his work and uh, get in touch with him for commissions at facebook.com forward slash kitcraft. And thanks to Artie Coat for his submission to our command perform a segment. A personal request of mine for which I am very thankful and will tip. <laughs> thanks again to Sam Rochford for writing our theme music. You can find more of her music at facebook.com forward slash Sam Rochford Music. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Introducing the magistrate. Come ask Riven anything. Be your bridge between the games. don't understand it they say I'm too old to believe in magic the only limit is what you can imagine so come and listen la 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 so come and listen la 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 This podcast has been a production of Magistry, copyright P-Double Games. You can find out more about our LARP at magistry.com or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash magistry. If you have comments, suggestions, feedback, or questions, you can email us at themagistream <laughs> at magistry.com. <laughs>